Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher, and this is the show where we talk to the people behind the productivity. This week, I'm excited to share with you a conversation I had with Craig Jero. He is the time management ninja. He's been on the show before, but this time he's finally back. And in fact, he's back with a vengeance. He's got a brand new book out called Time Management Ninja. 21 rules for more time and less stress in your life. And who doesn't want that? We don't. We all want more time. We all want less stress. And this is a really cool conversation with Craig that I got to have because we got to catch up a bit, go through a number of the standard productivity tools, including the actual to-do list, the calendar, the address book, notebooks, and more. Talking about some of the basic starting points. If you've gotten off track with being organized, with time management, with productivity, this is a great episode to start with, to enter back in, to being organized, to being on top of things, to managing your time, to being more productive and less stressed. We don't just cover the basics, though. We start to dive in deeper into some theoretical and practical application in each of those individual tools I mentioned. So I know you're really going to enjoy this conversation with Craig Jero. Well, this week, it is my privilege to welcome back to the show, finally, Craig Jero. Welcome back to the show. Thanks, Eric. Uh, glad to be here. I think you took the time management ninja you know, moniker a little too seriously because you've been in hiding for a while. I didn't know you were there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have been in hiding for a little bit. I even made fun of that when I uh, posted a newsletter recently. Yes, the ninja's been hiding. <laughs> so, but you're back and uh, you're, you're striking with a vengeance. Man, I'm just going to stop with those puns or you know, the, the Kung Fu movie alliterations at this point. Uh, but you're back with a book, which is great. And, yes. you know, and people, by the way, you haven't been gone. You were doing a podcast for a while and, you know, it it's not, it's still out there. People can go listen to it and subscribe to it and everything. So I'll make sure to link that up in the show notes. But, yes, sounds uh, good. Time Management Ninja is the the name of the book. I love, honestly, I love the icon um, on the front where it's the alarm clock with the the ninja mask on it. It's it's subtle, but it's it's also kind of iconic, which is really cool. Yeah, so. a lot of people kind of like that icon. I've I've had that on my website for a long time with the little ninja motif, but uh, putting it on the alarm clock works nicely. And uh, yeah, I love the book cover. So yes, thanks. So you basically the book is called Time Management Ninja, and it's twenty one tips for more time and less stress in your life. And you've been at this, you dude, you've been at this longer than I have, to be honest. You, <laughs> when did you start blogging? Like just to revisit, like uh. you started the blog. When? Like way before I started my show. Without looking it up, I want to say it was about 2008. So I've been doing this for about 10 years plus. And uh, one of the few bloggers that I know that was from way back then that's still going. Uh, there's a few other friends that are still out there. But uh, if there's one thing I've done successfully, it's been consistency over mm-hmm. these years. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is that, you know, you're talking about, I mean, we, we talk about the whole idea on this show, you know, beyond the to-do list. We're going to talk about, we're just going to flat out disclaimer, talk about to-do lists today. But we're also going to talk about one of the things that we don't always talk about, which is this phrase, time management. And, you know, that is tepic, that is one of the, uh, when, when people hear the word productivity or they hear the words time management, they yes. think of those kind of synonymously. But I think of time management as one part of productivity. I mean, how do you see that? Interesting. Yeah. No, that I'd love to hear your perspective on that as we get into this conversation. But uh, no, I, I don't know. Time management was always the phrase that I grew up with and, and stuck with me throughout throughout my career here in this. But you're right. And, and, the, and the words have changed a little bit, right? Productivity came into being the kind of the cool thing. For a little while, there was that whole pushback, like you can't manage your time. You can't, yeah, yeah, you know, that type of thing. But no, I do think it is time management. And yes, I can hear what you're saying about it. it's a piece of the bigger picture. But Managing your time, managing your activities, I think, is one of the biggest keys to life that a lot of people don't do. And again, it leads to more more stress and leads to less ability to get things done. Again, I'm thinking the, the reason I called the show beyond the to do list is because of that fact that like people just got so tied up in the, you know, usual trappings of what yeah. we talk about. Um but I want to talk about some of those. You know, it's, it's not like we don't talk about them. It's not like right. talking. It's not like going beyond them means we never talk about them. And in fact, time management is the management of one of the biggest factors when it comes to productivity. It's all about right. time. You know, one of the other ones would be where are you? T- time and space. I think there's probably one other one, maybe focus, attention, mm-hmm. or attention, and Ooh, I like that. something like that. But anyway, I should probably list them all out at some point and just say, hey, let's make sure yeah. we cover all these again. But in, in this will be the first in the series, time management. How about that? That's great. <laughs> so no, I like I like what you're saying. That, go, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say, I like what you're saying there. And um Again, for me, it, it comes back to this simplicity, and that's what I think we're going to talk a little bit about today. You know, time management is so many people are like, I don't have, you know, you hear the cliche, I don't have time for time management, or I don't have time to put a system in place or practices in place. But for me, that's kind of the whole, you know, big question mark there, because for me, the whole concept of time management is should be simple. And that's something I preach a lot in my on my blog and my podcast and my book is it should be simple. It should be a simple foundation that allows you to be more productive in your life. It doesn't take some huge system. And here I'll go ahead and get this one out there. One of my one of the things I say a lot is, you know, your time management shouldn't take a flow chart. You know, if you're if you've got <laughs> some and there's a couple people out there probably chuckling right now because they probably are reading a book that has a flow chart in it. But you know what I mean. But um if your if your time management is that that complex, it's not going to be you know life applicable. It's not going to fit into your lifestyle. You're going to eventually drop it. And again, for me, it's about simplicity, good habits, and the right tools to get things done. Well, and you talk about being time mindful, and mm-hmm. when I hear that, it, it kind of crosses. It does a de- it it creates a Venn diagram in my mind of uh, being mindful. And then all of the time stuff. And I, you know, like you were just saying, uh, time management is one of these things where you want to almost get to the point where you want to, you want to reply to those people who are like, I don't have time for time Mm -hmm. management, but you, you have time for breathing. It's that, you know, it's, it's something you do every day without thinking. And when I think of, uh, breathing, I think of again, mindfulness and meditation where it's all about it's not all about, but it is partly about 
being aware of your breathing, being aware of your thoughts, but not staying in that full awareness at all moments. It's those, it's those pockets of time, like yeah. where you'd sit down with your calendar, like where you'd sit down with a to-do list or uh, a conversation about, uh, you know, or, or with a notebook, spend some time, but then move away from it and just know you are managing right. your time because you've taken those moments to intentionally plan or manage. Oh, I really, I really like what you're saying there, Eric, in terms of it is that mindfulness. And I think as we talk about mindfulness, you can't talk about mindfulness or focus in today's world without eventually getting to the technology topic. And I'm sure we'll get to mm-hmm. that in a few. Um, but yes, it is about that mindfulness and it's about, you mentioned, you know, taking this couple minutes, you know, to review your calendar or such. That's a perfect example of kind of the deliberate time management, which saves time, you know, if so, so few people will take, you know, the five, 10, 15 minutes max that it takes to plan your day in the morning before you head out the door. And, you know, how much time can that save you later in the day? You know, forgotten items, forgotten appointments, missed to do's or obligations. If you just took those five or 10 minutes, you could end up saving yourselves hours later in the day. So that, that that's an example of where I think your time management should save you time. I know that's something we're going to get to as well. Yeah. And, and that's not even with with, uh, you know, uh, averting crises, you know, mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. you forgot that the thing existed and then suddenly it's, you know, half hour before the due date of whatever it is, whether it's an assignment or it's an appointment right. or a, a, you know, who knows, uh, right. suddenly because you weren't prepared, you're suddenly, you know, crashing and you're losing time even right. more because of that. So, right. There's always penalties for that. It's either lost time, missed opportunities. Heck, we, as we know, in some situations, even financial, you know, pain, due to missed, uh, you know, deadlines. For sure. Yeah. Well, so one of the things that you say, and this is actually literally one of the tips in the book, is that time management should make time, not take time. So what do you, what do you mean by uh, making time and not taking time? Because again, for somebody who is saying, well, I already don't have time to add in more time to my schedule right. to then be able to plan to then make time. Exactly. Like I already don't have time <laughs> to take time. Like so I'm confused. What do you mean? Yes, yes. Actually, I think that's that's number one in the book, and there's 21 tips in the book. Um, but yes, no, it goes back to that simplicity, you know, statement I made a minute ago that, you know, your time management should make time in your life, not take it up. And if your time management, you meaning your, your time management efforts are taking more time in your day than they return, then, you know, that that's not working. And um, so in essence, what I was saying a minute ago in terms of, you know, planning is a great example or preparing for your day, both of those Um Great examples of investing time, which then pays back more time in your day. So it's both. It's the fact that your time management should be simple enough that it's not causing you more time and effort and that it also returns more time to your day. So I think that's kind of the big theme there is your time management should be simple. And I even say effortless and it should give you more time in your day. So for those people out there saying, I don't have time to read a time management book or I don't have time to implement some of this stuff you do have the time. And not only that, it will give you more time back in your day if you implement them. It, it's kind of like how if you deposit the money in the bank, you know, frequently, even in small amounts early on, the dividends mm-hmm. and the interest, the compounding interest just balloons and explodes into, whoa, I've got so much more here. Right, right. So, and 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 one of the things that, you know, typically people are forgetting is it's you, you put in that initial investment to continue to, to keep using money terms and, right. and it does pay out. It pays out like more than what you put in. Yeah. It, it pays out both in that time that we're talking about, meaning you'll have 
extra hours in your day to either get things done or spend on yourself or spend with the people that you, you matter to you. But it also pays back in, in kind of, we talked about mindfulness and that stress and stuff. It also pays back in other dividends in terms of, you know, being in a stressful reactionary, you know, environment is not fun. And when you're constantly dealing with missed deadlines or forgotten to do's and things like that, your life, you know, gets very stressful. Actually, I, I, I call that life friction, actually, which is when you create friction in your own life due to the mismanagement of your time or your lack of productivity. So if you think about it, you know, a lot of things we do to ourselves, right? If we miss a deadline, a lot of times that's on us. Or if we leave something to the last moment and have a stressful all nighter because we didn't do a project, we created that friction in our lives. So again, investing, being ahead of the schedule you know, it pays back not just in time, but also less stress and less effort in your life. Yeah. And you kind of refer to this as basically time management is not a a light switch. You know, we have all those mm -hmm. moments in time where it's, ugh, things are falling apart. I need to get organized. I need to get a handle on my time, my calendar, my to-do list. Um, and, and typically that's one of the things that's, that's a problem was people only using it in times of crisis, even minor crises. And, True. Uh, but again, then they, then, then they either are using it so infrequently that they, you know, only use it in major or minor crises or yeah. when they sit and buckle down, they make too complex of a system, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and you're right. It's not time management shouldn't be something you turn on or turn off just when you're in a crisis. If you're only making a to-do list when you're suddenly overwhelmed, it's, it's, it'll help, but, but it's, you know, it's too late to help you avert that crisis. So it's about, Using it consistently, having it be part of your lifestyle is what I try to impart on people. You know, you want those, you want them to be habits. You want them to be part of your lifestyle. And that's again where if you're using a system or a tool that's too complex, you won't keep using it, right? If you have to do a 20 step process every day to plan your day, you're not going to do it every day. Um, if you have to use a tool that's so complex to, you know, add it to, to, uh, to do to the list, you're going to stop using it. You're going to put that tool down. So, your system, your tools, your time management in general has to be something that's just consistently with you. And that's what again gets back to that effortless, you know, thought around it. It just becomes part of your lifestyle. Well, so how do we do that? For somebody who has tried to be organized, has tried to be productive, has tried to manage their time in the past and just kind of thrown their hands up and either made too complex of a system or mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they haven't used a simple enough system frequently enough to like hone that skill. How do you get them started again? Yeah, it, it can be frustrating, especially if you've been overwhelmed or you are underwater. Um, it can be frustrating. I, I, the encouragement I would give everyone is, you know, there is no other day to start but today, right? You know, that was then, this is now, the song lyric there, but um, you can only start today. So if you're underwater or overwhelmed or you failed in the past, you have to start today. And I think it's about starting small. I think it's about starting with the basics. And I think it's about consistency. So again, that's where if you're putting something in place that's too complex, um, you're not going to stick with it. What I, what I encourage people to do is just start with the basics. And one of the things I talk about in the book as well is that I, you know, there's four basic time management tools that everyone needs in their toolkit or on their belt, um, to use the ninja motif. Um, to be productive. And I think a lot of people are missing those tools. So it's like trying to get a job done without the tools or with the wrong tools. Um, so I think that's a basic place to start is make sure you have those four basic, you know, time management or productivity tools at your disposal. 
And again, I think it's about consistency. You got to start today and you just got to do it every day until it becomes a habit. And you know, there's lots of studies on habits and how long they take to stick and things like that. But again, it's not about running a marathon today. It's about just starting and then being consistent about it. It's like, it's about walking around the block today and then doing that, you know, that yes. small low hanging fruit thing, uh, consistently every day to where you're again, to where it's like breathing. Yes. So, so, so you're doing it every day. So every day it becomes, for me, for example, it becomes second nature. You know, before you get running into your day, you look at your calendar. Um, you review your to-do list, you review any notes that you took yesterday, that type of thing. It's a simple planning session, uh, preparing for your day and, and you're that much more ready. I'll give you, I'll give you an example actually for this. Um, as I got up this morning, I knew I had this podcast this week. I actually thought it might have been tomorrow, but again, in my session this morning, I was up early doing some reading and I was looking at my calendar. I was like, Oh, of course, I've got to meet with Eric this morning. So if I hadn't looked at my calendar, I'd run into my day. You know, my mind might have thought that this event was tomorrow. But again, that's why your tools are there. And there's another example of that. That effortless, the uh, effortlessness I was talking about. You know, your calendar should always have your back. Your to do list should always have your back. They remember the things so that you don't have to keep them front of mind. Perfect. Well, let's get into these four productivity weapons. Let's name them and then let's spend a little bit of time uh, on each of those. I know that again, this is by keeping it small. And simple. <laughs> I mean, yes. to, to go with the ninja motif, these are the tools on your belt that keep it so where you are quick and agile. Yes, yes, and, and simple. And and here's the funny thing. You know, we talk about these four tools, and I'll name them in just a sec. They're not magical, nor are they new. Um, you can use a paper version. You can use a, a version of an app on your phone. It doesn't matter. But the the key is that I find most people don't have all these tools at their at, at, at their hand, or they have multiple tools, and I'll talk about that in a second. But let's just name them. So, I mean, there's this is the foundation of time management for me. You have four productivity tools, your to-do list, your calendar, your address book, and a notebook. And amazingly, when I sit down with people or I do coaching, almost everyone is missing or has an incomplete version of one of these tools. Very few people have all four tools. They might have a to-do list and a calendar, but you know what? I really don't have a notebook. I just write things down wherever I am, you know, that type of thing. And it's important to have all four of those tools. You know, back in the day when we were all on paper, you know, this would kind of be your day planner or whatever it may be. In today's day and age, we have some amazing tools, right? We can use our smartphones. We can have our data in the cloud and syncable and reachable anywhere we're at. But again, it's not about how fancy your solution is. You know, a good a good paper system used consistently will still be a cloud-based system on your smartphone if you're not using it right or consistently, I should say. Um, but yeah, do you ask yourself, do you have these four tools? And then here's my second question of, of that part, part two of that question is, do you only have one of each of these tools? And again, we talked about starting small and starting basic. I think in my book, I call this the power of one, having one of each of these tools. If you have six calendars, I'm telling you, you're going to, you know, get them out of sync and miss appointments and things like that. If you have to do this in six different places on post-it notes, on a legal pad, on your smartphone, you're going to get confused. So again, why go to that complexity? And I'm going on a little bit here, but bring it back to four tools and are, which ones are you using one of each? Yeah, man. And again, you're going to use them up, like depending upon what, you know, if you're using analog versus digital, uh, if you're using an analog notebook, you'll get done with that yes. notebook and get a new one, but you still only have the one. 
Yes. And, and the notebook is the one that it's funny you picked that one out right away. The notebook is the one people immediately have an issue with. They're like, I can't have just one notebook. I, I have a, you know, I have notes at work. I have notes at home. I have notes on online. That can be a tougher one. Um, I have pretty much gone entirely uh, paperless with my notes. Um, I, I will admit there's time and a place to use paper. In fact, there's some meetings where it makes sense to use paper versus electronic. But that's the one people have a tough time with. But I, what I see too often, and, and I actually had a, a coaching client recently where they had a notebook for everything. They had a notebook for home and the kids. They had a notebook for work. They had a notebook for a different project. And they were like, I can't put all the notes in one place. They'll get mixed up. But yet when they went to look for something, they had to go to six or eight different notebooks to try and find something, even if it was by topic. So that's where the simplicity of having one tool is, is it, you know, you have one place to go and look for it. If you wrote it in your one notebook, you know where to go and look for it. Now, this is maybe a good pivot to talk about the technology. This is where technology has really started to help us in ways that it it couldn't even, even a few years ago, even though tech, you know, the computers have been coming along, the apps have been coming along. We've had our iPhones for over 10 years now, but we've kind of gotten to this unified cloud sync syncability and it's very powerful. You know, I can use Evernote. um, You can use Apple notes. You can use OneNote, and you can have your notes everywhere. One notebook available everywhere on your phone, on your desktop, you know, wherever you may be, even accessible from the web if you had to in an emergency. But it's that power of, and, and there's a lot of other things too we can talk there besides the sync, you know, searchability and other features and, you know, multimedia and things like that. Um, but again, the technology has really affected this in a big way. And, and, and smartphones, I think, are one of the best productivity tools and obviously one of the biggest time wasters we have in our lives these days. But, you know, your smartphone can be a very powerful, powerful tool. And I actually have a a small course coming out in the near future that talks about how to use your smartphone as a productivity tool rather than a toy. And again, those four tools that we talked about, you know, the to-do list, calendar, address book, and and notebook, they all fit on your smartphone, right? Android or iPhone, they have built-in apps that you can use, the basic ones, or you can go out and get something fancy like a, you know, Todoist or Things or Evernote or whatever you want to customize your, your one tool for. But again, you got that all in your pocket and we, we carry our smartphones everywhere, right? So it's always with you, which again is another key time management, you know, tactic is you have to have your information, your tools with you at all times, but our smartphones do that for us. So I am a fan of technology and I do think it's, it's used in the correct way and used mindfully. I think it's a great solution. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I still, uh, love technology. I love using, I, I love that I do have my, to-do list, my calendar, my address book, and even a notebook and much more. But, you know, again, that's the paring down and, and you know, not using it as a, uh, a, a toy that, uh, <laughs> I can, I, it, it's a toy in, um, business planner clothing mm-hmm. <laughs> in some senses, you know? Yeah. So, uh, and, and one of the other, one of the other benefits though, that we maybe haven't hit on is the, the syncing. Being able to have it sync to if I enter something on my phone or vice versa back at my desktop or even the middle ground, the tablet um, Mm -hmm. that again, it's still having the one tool um, in that, you know, that it's one of those four tools, those four weapons, but it's in multi, uh, not dimensional, multi I don't know. What, what do you want to call it? The I, I don't know what we call form, it. Your, formats. Your, your, I guess. There you go. Formats. And, and you're, you're spot on with that, that observation because, yeah, that was the problem, right? You'd have a calendar at home that may be your family calendar. Or maybe it's pinned to the fridge or something like that. But then you're at work and you're on Outlook or whatever it may be and you got a different calendar. 
those aren't in sync. You know, our phones now let us have both of those calendars electronically synced to one device or many devices, as we're saying. But, you know, you don't have those sync issues. You don't have those multi-format issues. But that's, again, where, where people are, are challenged, um, you know. And sometimes I'll ask people, bring all of your productivity tools and we can we can take a look at them. And in, inevitably, somebody will bring, you know, a desk calendar and their smartphone and, you know, a paper calendar. And, and, and so you got to get those all in one format. And I think that's the challenge for everybody is deciding on your tools, deciding on your tools, and then choosing one for each of those four functions. So what are the kind of things – let's work backwards here because I want to sure. end uh, this tool talk here uh, with why a to-do list should be our best friend because I know there's a lot of people who have an aversion to making a to-do list at all and even some who say, well, my <laughs> calendar is my to-do list and they make some really great points and we'll get to that. But let's yes. let's start backwards. Let's go with notebooks since we were already there. So what pe- what should people be using their notebook for? And by the way – like I will actually carry around a paper notebook sometimes because I want to keep my phone from becoming toy mode. That's a great point. And, and that is one caveat I, I will, I will uh, give into on the paper side there and the, and the, and the multi-format. Again, I preach one tool, especially on the, even on the notebook, I will tell you probably about 90 to 95% of all my notes. I stick to my rule are in my, my, you know, smart device, um, in, in an application, I will go to paper and and I'll give you the, the, probably the best example of that. Meetings are still a great example of where it's kind of considered etiquette not to be sitting there playing on your technology, you know, whether it's a one-on-one meeting or, you know, a group format, you know, it it just really doesn't work. It diverts your attention and it's just considered even an etiquette thing to be kind of rude to be on your devices. So that can be one time where it's appropriate, I think, to go to paper. You know, I, I use some great notebooks. I've used Moleskin. I love Baron Fig. Um, and I'll pull out a notebook and I'll take those notes. But I'll tell you, I will then try to transfer those notes to my electronic device at a later time, whether it's transferring the main information or even just click taking a snapshot and putting it in the notes if it's something I need later. And again, that gives you that searchability and other things. Yeah, it's the noodling. It's the capturing. But then when it comes down to putting it into a trusted system that is syncable, mm-hmm. that's that transfer point. And that's, you know, I have different yeah. points in time, either weekly or daily, where if a transfer needs to happen, I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not a big fan of those transfers because, again, you're creating more work for yourself. You can argue there's some benefit there, right? You know, the, the quick couple minutes you'd spend reviewing those notes and transferring them, you may commit a little bit more of that information to memory, or you may even be able to weed out some of the stuff that wasn't important mm-hmm. during that transfer. Um, you said something interesting a minute ago about, you know, what do you put in your notebook? And um, I'm a big advocate on capturing things, capturing information, capturing notes. We can mention as well as with the address book in a minute with, you know, capturing contact information. Um, but capturing is important. You, you write things down so you remember them, but also so you don't have to remember them. If you get them into your system, you don't need to remember it because you know you have a trusted system to go to. I, I'll be in many a situation. We'll be going into something, whether it's a meeting or a restaurant or wherever it may be. I'll pull out my smartphone just to open up my notes app and say, hey, what were what were the things I wrote down last time we were in this situation? Um, that type of thing. So I'm a big, big proponent of capture, capture information, get it into your system. Some people are like, well, I don't want to write down too much. Nah, there's a balance. I'm not saying you need to be, you know, taking, you know, dictation or anything like that. You definitely don't want to be doing that, but capturing that key information. And if you think you may need it again, 
put it in your notebook. That way you have it again. I'll give you two quick examples of that. Um, I had to deal with a car issue the other day, went into the car dealership, uh, the repair center, opened up my notebook, and sure enough, boom, just by typing in the name of the dealership, I had the name of the people I spoke to last time, the manager who was so good to me. I would have never remembered that information, but I was like, oh, so-and-so took care of me last time. Here's what we did, blah, blah, blah. It you know, worked out great. Another example is, you know, when you, uh, here's, here's a different example. Capturing not only information, but solutions is something that is very big. You know, when you solve a problem, it could be something simple. You know, what is the size of air filter that your house takes or something like that? Put it in your notebook. You know what? The next time you're at Home Depot and you think, hey, I need to change those air filters, boom, there's the dimensions right in your notebook, on your phone, in your hand. Wasn't even something you would have ever remembered. So just a couple examples there of capturing information so that you have it at your fingertips uh, again. Now, again, we're talking about technology there, right? Because, you know, if you wrote that in your Moleskin or in your notebook, you know, three years ago, you're not going to have it at your fingertips with you wherever you are. But when you're putting it into an electronic solution, Apple Notes, Evernote, something like that, you can have that instant recall, that instant searchability to bring back information. And that's a superpower we didn't have before this technology existed. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people or at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's something that works so well, it basically feels like magic? For me, I'm thinking air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, definitely. Meeting-free Fridays? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your own shop stage to the first real store stage, you don't have to just sell your own stuff anymore. With Shopify Collective, you can curate products to sell from brands you love and give your customers more variety and your business more sales. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Shopify also helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort. Thanks to Shopify magic, your AI powered all-star sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash beyond. Again, go to shopify.com slash beyond now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash beyond. You mentioned a dress book. Let's move on to, you know, sure. I mean, it seems so simple and and that's good. It should be simple. But there's a little bit more than meets the eye than just name and address when it comes to a dress book or contacts, as some other people uh, call it. So mm-hmm. how in the same vein, what are you putting in your notebook? What are you putting in your address book? 
Yes, that's a great one. And uh, I, I didn't see where you were going with that for a second. That That's a really powerful way to use your address book. Let me start with the basic, which is a lot of people are like, I don't, you know, why do I need an address book? You know, I, I, I can look people up, right? I can look them up on Facebook or whatever, this, that, whatever. Eh, we have not gotten to that perfect world where you, and I'm not sure we want to get there, where you have everybody's contact information and can reach everybody instantly. Um, and if you, if you're in a business environment, you'll encounter this a lot where, you know, having someone's direct number can be very powerful when you need to reach someone. Yes, you might be able to reach them on LinkedIn or social media or something like that, but there's nothing more powerful than having someone's direct information. And I have an example of that in a moment. Um, but we don't have this, this world of where we can just look up anybody's information. So again, going back to that whole capture idea, I'm a big proponent that when you encounter someone's contact information, that you capture it. And again, capturing is just taking 10 seconds to enter it into your address book and enter into your contacts on your phone. And boom, you've got it. You've got it for all time. You've got it, you know, in a searchable, you know, app right there where you can get to it. The example I have is I was, I was on a business trip a couple years ago and I happened to be traveling with the CEO of a company. We were at the airport and for whatever reason we had to, you know, obviously coordinate where we were at. So the CEO actually called my cell phone. So I had his cell phone number. And, uh, you know, just out of the, you know, out of the mere co- uh, convenience factor there, I had to have his number for a moment, but you know what? I saved that. I took that, that quick instance. I saved the CEO's phone number in my address book. So guess what? A couple years later, I was actually meeting with the same company and, uh, we were on our way to meet the company and no one else, we had a little bit of a travel issue. No one else had the ability to reach the company. I pulled out my cell phone and said, hold on, I'm going to call CEO for a minute. And everybody in the group was like, how do you have the CEO's number and why are you calling him? You know, again, <laughs> it was just a simple capture I had done two years e- earlier because of a coincidence where the CEO would give me his phone number. So capture all those numbers when you can. Um, I think it's very powerful. You'll freak people out. You'll doubly freak people out when you have it in your address book and someone calls you and you're able to answer it and answer them by name. Hey, Dave, how are you doing today? Great to hear from you. And they'll be like, how did you know I was calling you? That type of thing. Very powerful. You'll freak people out. Even more so is where you were going, which is what else do you put in your contacts, right? Now, there's a lot of solutions out there. Um, love to hear from some of the, the listeners and readers about what they're using for solutions. But I do put other things in my contact book. I will put uh, notes on contacts about, um, you know, simple notes about about the individual, you know, what I know about that individual, Um their family, their, their job, whatever notes I can capture about them. Now you start to get a little bit into a kind of a contact management database, but most contact apps will let you, you know, have a notes field. You can put some simple things down and again, can be very powerful. Um, I had a a business contact call me. uh, I had not talked to the gentleman in almost, almost 10 years. I think called me again. I picked up the phone, was able to answer him by name, which freaked him out that, you know, I knew he was calling me. But then I opened up the address book in the first few seconds I was talking to him and I was able to ask him, how's your family? And I was able to ask him how his kids were by by name. He had three kids. And he was like, how did you remember that? And I didn't tell them that I had it written down in my context. <laughs> but again, freaks people out. And again, not just about freaking people out, but it's very powerful, right? You know, you can document important information in there about each contact so that you can either better relate to them or know important things about that individual. Well, and that's the point. Again, you were getting back at this earlier where, you know, we, we, it's important. People are important. Relationships are important. 
Yes. Knowing names, knowing contact information to reach people, it's important. But you're even going a step further and using it uh, like I try to as well is as kind of a CRM uh, for people that don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. CRM yeah. is customer relationship management. But yes. that doesn't mean that, you know, it's, it's that my friends are my customers, but it means contacts. It means knowing yeah. and and remembering that stuff. Uh, especially with you when you don't have as frequent contact as you might with, you know, like I, I don't have to, I don't have to look in my address book or my contacts to remember, uh, you know, what one of my best friend's, uh, daughter's name is. I know it because yes. we've talked frequently enough. However, someone less frequent, like it's good to have those notes because it's, in, it's being intentional and it's being, uh, it's placing importance on that information because you're placing importance on that relationship. Absolutely. And again, it's it, it's not about some false whatever. No, it's about genuine connections and relationships. And and again, going back to that whole effortless kind of thing, you know, people listening to this will be like, well, I don't have time to write down all that information. It's not. It's it, it's not about that much effort. It's about being consistent and being diligent in that capturing of information. Again, somebody gives me their cell phone number, either intentionally or unintentionally, zoop, it goes right into my address book. Somebody mentions something important that I want to know about them, whether it's a favorite hobby or their family or kids' names, zoop, goes into my address book so that I can remember it next time I interact with them. That's perfect. Yeah. What else? Are you using anything else inside of there? You know, obviously there's the, there's the normal contact information pieces like uh, the phone number, so we can call or text, the the email or multiple emails, Sometimes yeah. there's like social links to wit- their social accounts. I don't know how much stock I put in having those in there per se, um, especially if I'm already connected with them on those networks for, or, you know, whatever. But I mean, obviously it's called an address book for a reason. Their address would be good to have in there as well. Yeah, addresses are handy too. And here I'll give you a, a tactical example of how you capture some of this stuff. I gave you this the, the side example where somebody had to give me their cell phone number at the airport. But when somebody sends me an ad, uh, sorry, when someone sends me an email that has like that full signature on it or something like that, I will z- suck that right into my address book so I have that information. Yes, it's it's pretty nice to have that phone number or things like that. If you ever get the chance to get someone's address, you know, work or otherwise, and it's important enough to maintain that relationship, capture that information. You never know when you may need to send them something. The social media, yeah, I'll put some of that in there, but I, I don't, I don't put as much stock on the social media. Again, to each their own, and to you know whatever your personal needs are or business needs are, it may be important to you to do that. But a lot of those social media sites, you know, they come and go. First of all, second of all, um, you. You can get to people on certain social media sites, whether they'll answer you is different, whether you're connected to them is different. But, um, you know, if I want to look somebody up on Instagram, it's pretty easy. If I want to look somebody up on LinkedIn, it's pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah. You just type you start typing in their user handle or what you think it would be. And it gives you options. So and and here's the thing. Having uh, again, we've got all this this connectivity technology on social networks, but there's this intentionality and this this extra effort or meaning, you know, it's when it comes to gifts, it's the the thought that counts Well, sending someone a tangible card in the mail or calling them up out of the blue. I know some people are like, don't call me ever, but okay. Text (laughs) them. Fine. Fine. I get it. But, uh, times have changed. I still like getting phone calls from real people. I do. Um, I'm not saying that's an open invitation for those of you who have my my phone number, text me first, but (laughs) cause I have time management. Um, (laughs) we'll set up a call. There you go. But, uh, it, it it just shows so much more uh, intentionality and 
care and effort. And again, not a lot of extra effort, but then again, maybe, yeah, that little extra effort because it shows and it means something, right? Right. Absolutely. So, all right, let's move on to calendar. So calendar's the one where you would think has the most relation to time, but these all tie in, obviously. Uh, what are you using your calendar for? And uh, you said you should only have one calendar. Well, I do too. I have one calendar app, but I do have like, yes. I do have more than one calendar in that app. No, absolutely. So, I think you're, you're, you're hitting it right there, which is, it's one place. It's yes. one calendar app. It's, it, you know, that type of thing. We'll get to the same thing. I'm sure with to do list. Cause people are like, Oh, I can't have one list. Well, you can have one list app. You can sort it any way you want. We can talk about that in a minute, but with calendars, yes, it's about having one place to go. So you don't, you know, on the simplest level, you don't get those forgotten appointments because it's on your other calendar or you're out of sync or, you know, from home to work or, or whatever it may be. So yes, I, you know, I use the, the, I have an iPhone. I'm a big iPhone fan. I have, I use the iPhone calendar. But I bring in my work calendar, my family calendar, even some other calendars, and they're all on the one calendar. You can color code them, whatever you want to do. It starts to look like a little Tetris board, but um, you can see it all in one place. And, and that's, that's, again, where it's all about that syncability and the technology has really given us tools to be more productive with less effort because you can see all that in one place. I think it's interesting as well. You started to mention about the use of the calendar. That's where I think a lot of people have some some opportunity to, again, do more with less effort because they don't use their calendar. Actually, I find the calendar is a very interesting uh, topic because everybody knows a calendar. Everybody probably has a calendar, whether it's work or home. But not many people use the calendar. The calendar to most people is just a list of events that people have put on their schedule. And I challenge them to say, well, what did you put on your schedule? And I'm a big proponent of putting your own appointments on your own calendar, because especially at work, a lot of people, their calendar is just what meetings have been you know, thrown at them by other people. And I challenge them to, well, how much of your week did you put on your calendar? So a, a great simple tactic to start with is what I call blocking your time. It's not, you know, it's pretty common in the productivity space, but a lot of people don't do it. Um, it's best to do it at the beginning of the week, but block your own time. In fact, especially at work, you should be filling your calendar up before other people do. So scheduling appointments with yourself, scheduling appointments with your work is, is a tactic that I use a lot. You know, if you've got a project, put it right on your calendar, block some time for it. Um, again, I think with, when it comes to the calendar, uh, the biggest, the biggest thing that a lot of people need to do is be more proactive about scheduling their time versus just being reactive and accepting invites that come in. Yes. Well, and this was one of the things that, and I don't disagree with her, but Chris Ward was on the show uh, about a month ago and she was talking about that, that having the calendar was a substitute for the to-do list. And I saw her point and I don't disagree, but I also disagree to a certain extent. Um, but because she, because what she was getting at was a much healthier way of thinking about time and your calendar, mm-hmm. which is what you're saying somewhat, which is making these appointments with yourself, but also being realistic about like, and, and some people would fight back on this and then say, they'd say, well, but I'm not going to go onto my calendar and put down an appointment with myself for half an hour. That is me checking my email and processing it. However, there's nothing wrong with that either. Right. Right. No, that's interesting. A lot of people will resist that. They don't want to schedule. They don't want to schedule for a couple of different reasons. Probably one, 
they they feel like they're going to be scheduling too much of their time and they feel like that's going to take too much time. Again, I'm going to push back and say you're actually going to free up time by doing that. Some people push back because they feel like it's getting too rigid. Oh, I don't want to schedule all my day. Then I won't be able to have any flexibility in the day. But it's kind of the flip of that. It's kind of you're not you're not trying to create this rigid, you know, calendar block schedule where you can't enjoy yourself. It's about putting the important things first, you know, the whole first things first concept, putting the important stuff on your calendar before all your time gets taken up. If you've got a project to do today and you know it's going to take you three hours to write it, then by by gosh, put three hours of time on your calendar to work on that. Because if you don't, it's going to get filled up by meetings. It's going to get filled up by other stuff. Or heck, you're just going to do other things instead of doing it. The other thing I push back on those who worry about the rigidity rigidity of, of scheduling their own time that much is guess what? You only have to check with one person if you want to change that schedule. You. It's not like a bunch of meetings where you got to renegotiate the meeting times and things like that. So I think it's more important to block that time is what I what I call it. Block that time in your calendar because, again, you can change it, it, it yourself later if you need to to be more flexible with something else or a, a, a priority comes up that, you know, was after you scheduled that time. But again, if you're in total reactive mode with your calendar, that's not a fun place to be. And it doesn't lead to to a, a fun or productive lifestyle when you're constantly reacting to other people's requests for your time. Yeah, I, I look at the calendar as that. You, we've all heard this example where, and I've seen it literally done um, in person, where you've got the jar and you've got the big rocks, yep. the smaller rocks, and then the tiny rocks, and then you try to put, you try to even pour water in there, and that if you do it the wrong way, if you put all the little ones in first, nothing else uh, right. will fit in. The right. calendar for me is where the big rocks go first, exactly, and then maybe some of the medium rocks, but not the small ones. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yes, I totally agree with that, that philosophy. And yes, that jar example is a perfect metaphor for that. So then is there anything else before we move on to the other place where all the little rocks and some of the big and actually where all the rocks go, which is the to-do list <laughs> for me, um, where is there anything else we're missing when it comes to the calendar that we want? We've got to make sure we don't forget to say. Um, the only other thing I would say about the calendar, uh, there's a couple topics, but but no, let's put one more nugget out there on the calendar. The other thing that I see a lot on the calendar is people. Calendars are different than your to do list. Your two, we're gonna get to that in a second. But too many people just look at today, and today is important, right? It's the day you have. It's the day you can affect. It's the day you can can get things done. But I I tend to see that people don't look out to the horizon. They don't look out to tomorrow. They don't look out to the rest of the week. They don't look to next week. And I try to try to get people to at least have a week to two week horizon on their calendar. So, for example, when I looked at my calendar this morning, I look out the rest of the week and see what it may be. Um, and it's, and it, it goes for the same when you're blocking your time. You don't want to just block today. You want to block this week so that you get ahead of it. And, and that leads to kind of that proactive, not only vision, but that proactive productivity stance where you can start to get ahead. And, and being ahead of things is, is really enjoyable. And we could talk about that in a minute, maybe. But, you know, just even being aware of obligations that are coming later in the week or next week, you know, they don't sneak up on you. You also have time to prepare. You even have time to react if you need to move it or, or readjust something. And so I think that's my last tip for, for now on the calendar is don't just look at today. Look at least a week out, maybe two weeks out. And, you know, when you do your big review, you know, you can look even further. But again, it's you got to be looking. Otherwise, you got your head down at today, which is good. 
from a focus standpoint, but you got to be aware of what's coming down the road. Well, and you just there without me even thinking about this, uh, put a big differentiator in place for the difference between the calendar and the to-do list. The to-do list is where, how far am I driving today? The calendar is like the map for the entire trip. Yes. At least in my mind. (laughs) Yeah, no, it is. And it it goes obviously very far out. I mean, I've got appointments that are probably already scheduled next year, but again, it's like, I like the car example and motif in this, 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 this conversation, you know, if your head's down only looking 10 feet in front of you, which is today, you're not going to see the rock that's, you know, on Thursday of this week that you're going to, you know, run into. So that, that again, it's, it's the, the calendar has got to have a little bit more of a horizon. You do not just looking at today. And if, but by the way, if you're looking a week out, you're ahead of 99% of people. Cause you know, a good, I don't have the stats on me right now, but a good number of people head out the door without even looking at today's calendar. <laughs> so if you're looking at today and you're looking a week out, you're, you're ahead of most. All right. So what are we putting on a to-do list for me again, my to-do list, you know, I do have some stuff, some tasks that are, uh, like for example, I know I got, f- f- here's, here's something. My wife texts me this morning and I'm the person who does carpool. However, it's, it's variable right now in the morning for my daughter to get in her to high school because, um, she's got cross country practice some of those mornings where she's got to be there earlier. And I need to know as the carpool person and the dropping off early person, which days are which. So right. then I went through and just I know it's already on the calendar, but I also then put it ahead in my to do list just so that it's already there. You know, drop her off 7 a.m. or carpool 815 a.m. Yes. But uh, but I still again, it's it's kind of for that immediate forecast of what's you know, what's the weather look like this week? I don't go further out than that in my to do list, but I always kind of focus on what's do I need an umbrella today more than yes. anything? No, so. sorry, you got me deep in thought here. The, the to do <laughs> list, the to do list is deep. I'm actually sitting here thinking, hmm, we could, hey Eric, we could write an entire book on to do list. Totally, sure totally. There's a couple, yes. there's a couple of them well, out there. Well, so it's so like, let's let's keep it simple, like we talked about. Let's go for simplicity, and for those people again who they need to get started with these tools and this one specifically, because as you say in the book, your to do list should be your best friend. Why is that? Yes, I, I think you, to put it the most basic terms, your to-do list is your best friend because it tracks all the things you need to get done. And again, going to that effortlessness and that that you know ability to work in the moment, you don't need to be thinking about the 20 things that you need to do this week. Let your to-do list remember that for you so that you can work on one thing, and that's the task in front of you. And uh, that gets to you know capturing things again, like we talked about on the notebook and the address book. It's the same thing with your to-do list. Capture everything. And uh, we can get into philosophies here because I know there's a lot of different philosophies on what you put on your list and things like that. But for me, it's all about that capture again. If I think of something or like, you know, to your example a moment ago, your your spouse mentioned something you need to get done, capture it to your list. It may not be applicable at this exact moment, but, you know, I don't have to think about it because it's now on my list and my list is going to be my best friend because when I look at it that next time, it's going to remind me of that task I captured. I do think... Um, and I'll turn it back to you in a second. I do think it is about all about simplicity. And I'm sure we can go down a whole bunch of tactics and tips and things on to-do lists here. But the most simple, the simplest question is, do you have a list? And a lot of people don't. And uh, you, you mentioned, you know, people being afraid of writing things down. I agree with that. Uh, a lot of people get nervous. If I put it on my list, I have to do it. No, you don't. We can talk about that. But if you're not keeping a list, then it can't, it can't be your best friend. It can't have your back. It can't remind you of those tasks. So if you're looking for a place to start, 
make sure you have a list and make sure you have one place for that list. Uh, as Eric was saying earlier, you know, it can be an app, it can be a notebook, but have one place for all those to do's. So this may sound the opposite of what people think should happen, but the way I approach it, especially for today, uh, tomorrow and other days, you know, come, come as they may, but I always try to put as little as I can on my to-do list for each day. That's a great tactic. That's a great tip. And, uh, right. You, you know, there's definitely some people out there who, who, um, who, you know, they'll try to keep their, their list, you know, on a, on an index card or something like that. And, you know, you hear, sometimes you hear magical stories about CEOs just carry around an index card with the couple things they need to do today. That that's powerful. That's focus on what you need to do today. But I think for most of us, the to-do list needs to be a holistic solution that does capture everything. And, uh, this again goes into that whole thing of people are like, well, I can't have one list. You can have one place for your list and you can sort it, subdivide it, give different views to that. And to your point, you know, I, I use an app for my list. Um, I'll go ahead and throw it out there. I use things on my iPhone. And while I may have many, many things in things in my to do app, <laughs> um, I have a today view yes. where I only focus down on the things that I'm telling myself I'm going to get done today. And so I'm not looking at, I'm joking, but maybe not 200 items that are in the background. I'm looking at the five to maybe 10 things that I know I'm going to get done today. Um, and so you can focus down to that today list. I think the today list is a subset of your to-do list. And hopefully, again, you, you've got a way to, to showcase that. Again, where the apps have maybe given us more superpowers in this area, I can have a large holistic list, but I can focus down to today. Or I can have a list that's both work and home, but I can focus on where I'm at, that type of thing. Yes. So I am also a Things user. That is oh, what I've been using for, well, since they came out with Things 3 and I tried it and was sold on it. I was a Things user from way back in the day. Uh, but yes. when they came out with Things 3, I just thought, oh, this is, this is the one that feels the best to use, which means I'll use it. So, and that's one of the guides I tell people. I don't know about you, but like when people are like, which one's the one to use? Like, which one will you use? You know? So. That's, that's the magic question right there. Which one will you use? And I think that's in my, that is in my book as well. Um, choose tools that you will use choose tools you'll use. If you love this app, then use that app. If you love paper and you're going to use it, then use paper. And I think it's very, people are like, well, which one's best? The best tool is the one that you're going to use, which is what you just were saying. Um, so there is no single one best app. And, 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 you know, as, as a time management author, you know, I've tried almost all the apps out there and they're all great in different ways. You know, I've used Todoist, wonderful app. I've used Wonderless back in the day. It just got shut down by Microsoft. Um, Nosebee is another great app. Whichever one fits your flavor of t- time management, your use, your phone, you know, well, you know, your environment, that type of thing. But the most important is which one are you going to use? Now, there's some caveats to that. I do think that some apps are better than others in terms of, you know, user experience and features and things like that. But again, a simple solution used consistently always beats that one that has all the bells and whistles. And here, here's one thing I like to pick on to-do list apps about. It shouldn't take me 17 steps to add a to-do <laughs> to my list. If I got to add a priority and a context and a time and a reminder just to get into my list, that's a problem. And so now I think we've gotten past that with a lot of these apps, but yes. you know, it, it needs to be simple to get an item on your list. It should take you I was going to say 10 seconds. It should take you less than five seconds to get an item on your list. 
And um, I actually do that a lot of times. Uh, I have a love-hate relationship with Siri. I was going to say, um, I thought you were going there. You're right. But but Siri can be a great way, you know, on my iPhone. uh, I'm probably going to set it off by saying this. You know, I'll say, hey, Siri, using things, add this to my to-do list. Boom, it's done in, you know, five seconds. Um, Things has a great interface with Siri. Obviously, Siri works well with the default Apple Reminders app as well. But but the point there was just about simplicity and getting it into your list. Yes. And, and so simplicity, again, going with that, that, you know, putting as few things on there as possible is what I go for. Uh, so I also live in today view and, you know, not to knock um, Michael Hyatt and the full focus planner there, which is a tangible product. I use this in conjunction with that. But also, mm-hmm. uh, I you know, he has his big three for the day. Yeah. Uh, and that's fine. I put my big three in here as well, but yeah. I have more than three things that I need to do for the day. So, yes. and, and he knows that too, but, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's one of those things where, okay, well, I even, I even in here, like in my today view, I have lunch written down here because okay. there are some days where I don't think ahead as to where in the day I'm going to make sure I eat lunch. So I actually write it down and then I, I actually put my list in order of how it needs to be done. You know, check the next thing off. I always can look at the top and say, that's the next thing. Ooh, I like that. that that's interesting. I, I don't hear that one very often. I yeah. like that. Yeah, I don't put it. I put it in order from, you know, from top to bottom yeah. that as I get the thing like like earlier, <clears throat> you know, as we started this conversation uh, before I hit record, I pressed the, ch- you know, talk with uh, Craig Jarrow. And, yeah. and then that was done. And no, so now I know what my next things are throughout yeah. the day. And, and what's great is again, I can click and hold or, you know, tap and hold and drag. Uh, if something on here changes, I can put it to upcoming and pick a different day. Let me throw a couple other ideas out there. Again, to do list is a very deep topic. It's, it's right. It's, it's the most powerful tool we have. It's the tool that most people try to gravitate towards when they're trying to improve their productivity. And there's a lot to be said and done about lists. Um, my advice here, I'll throw a couple nuggets out there. Don't be afraid of your to-do list. Again, going back to that concept that, you know, I, I'm afraid to add things to my list because I have to do them. No, I'm a, now I, I preach <laughs> capture anything and everything to your to-do list, big, small, you know, trivial. It doesn't matter. Why? Because I want to remember it later. If it turns out to be trivial, zoop, I delete it off the list or I just check, you know, bye, that's gone. But at least I had the chance to come back when I had a moment to actually think to decide whether that was important or not. Um, again, I may capture many things, but again, I'll focus them down to the few that I need to do today. Um, Technology, again, has given us that those superpowers of being able to sync across all my devices. I can be sitting at my Mac. I can be looking on my phone. I can be on my tablet or laptop, and it's all there. And you mentioned dragging and dropping things in, in order. Again, powers that you can't do on a paper list. Yep. Now, again, I'll go back and say, you know, you mentioned the full-focus planner. You know, you can use a Moleskin or a Baron Fig notebook. Again, what are you going to use? What is going to be in front of you that you're actually going to use those are great. And if, and if that's what it takes and that's what's effective for you, don't be afraid to go with the paper solution. You just need to be consistent with it. Now you lose some of those, those extra powers and such. But again, it's about using the tools and being consistent. Going back to where we kind of started this conversation, if you have the four tools that we mentioned and you have one format for each, you're already light years ahead of the, the productivity race and what other people are doing. Because most people aren't using all four tools. Most people aren't using them consistently. Well, that is actually a great place to stop since we've run out of time. But 
there's so many more tips. I think if I'm, I'm actually holding the book in my hand right now and I'm in the table of contents. I'm trying to make a, a mental note here out loud of how many tips did we touch on? And I think we touched on three slash maybe four or five of them in some, you know, yes. in, in varying, uh, you know, percentages. So that means that out of 21, we we barely scratched the surface, so people need to go grab the book. I'm holding it in my hand. I pre-ordered it. Uh, you know, you you did not send me a review copy. I wanted to make sure. That's not a knock on you, by the way. I wanted to make sure that I bought your book because uh, thank you. I owed you for you know getting me started in this area by reading your blog before I started my show. So, anyways, long-winded to say the book's out now. Everybody should go grab it. I'll put the link in for it in the show notes. And, uh, I, you know, I, I just realized I owe you an, a, uh, an Amazon review. So I need to make a, oh, yes. so I need to put that on my to do list right now yeah, to make right sure now. I don't forget to do that. Well, while you're adding that to do your, to, to your to do list, I'll just say thank you. No, the, the book is out now. It was released, uh, just under a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. Um, you can find it on Amazon. It's real easy to find time management ninja. Um, search on that. You'll find it. You can also come find me on my blog at time management ninja.com. And uh, love to see you guys out there. Um, I, I love your show, Eric. Um, maybe we should do this again sometime because, you know, what we didn't get to touch on today was we didn't get to touch on the tool versus toy productivity uh, technology discussion. Oh, that's yes, that's, exactly. So that's one of my favorites right now. We're just you know what? This was a basics episode. This was kind of a one oh one or mm-hmm. a. I don't know what's the next level up from that, but you know, 105, I don't know, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll dump into some more, uh, you know, we will join into a deeper conversation sometime in the the very near future. Well, you come right back and we'll do that. No, that sounds wonderful. Well, thank you very much, Eric. I really uh, thoroughly, I enjoyed this today. Awesome. Thanks Craig for being here. Well, that's another podcast crossed off your podcast listening to-do list. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Craig Jarrow. I know I always love talking with him. And the book is just flat out great. I purchased it myself. Craig didn't give me a free copy or anything like that, although that often happens when you're a podcaster. And honestly, I feel strongly about having purchased it myself because I wanted to support Craig. And it is that good of a book. And like I said, we barely scratched the surface in this conversation. And I kind of kept it just to the tools for the sake of this conversation. But there's so much more there in this book. You've got to go check it out. You can find it in the show notes for this episode at beyondthetodolist.com slash 299. That's also where you can hit the share button and share this with somebody who needs to hear it, somebody who's gotten off the wagon productivity-wise, time management-wise, and needs to get back on the wagon. That or you can do me the favor of hitting the share button in your podcast player of choice wherever you're listening to this. I'd truly appreciate it if you share this with that one person you know of needs to hear this. And thank you for sharing. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you next episode.